Week four is officially in the books. Since you're a bit of a degenerate, just like myself, I bet you tried to find several pieces of information to beat the books last week. My question to you is, have you looked at public betting and money percentages and thought, what do these numbers actually mean? If there are 75% of bets on a team, should I go the other way? How can I actually use these numbers to my advantage? Well, I have the answer. I track how the public and money do throughout the year and through previous years so we can learn to leverage that information to win more of our own bets. In today's episode of Sharpen the Public, the Happy Hour Sports Boys and I recap week four and discuss the changes in public betting trends, like ones where Sharp have moved to a whopping 19-2 and two in a certain category. We identify trends like this every week, trends that no one else has seen before. So if you like to gamble on the NFL and want to learn more about public betting trends, strap on in, hit that follow and notification bell, and send this podcast to your closest degenerate friends, because it's time to sharpen the public. Let's go! Welcome to Sharpen the Public, an NFL and sports gambling podcast made by bettors for bettors. The only place where you can learn to leverage public betting trends to win more bets. I'm your host, DJ Bianco. Years ago, I started tracking public betting trends for every single game in the NFL. I've been tracking how well the public performs when they are more or less confident, tracking how well the Sharps perform when they are more or less confident, tracking how well a team performs when their spread changes throughout a given week. Anything that's publicly available, I track it. I use this historic information to leverage bets that I, and now we, will make in the future. Seeking out trends to find winners is an incredibly exciting topic, and if you've made it this far, I know you're excited too. This is Sharpen the Public. Welcome back to Sharpen the Public. I'm your host, DJ, here with my co-hosts, Rick and Andy. We've made it past week four now, and there's so much information we are learning that we're going to be able to use to win more bets throughout the season. I'm really excited about this episode since we have a much larger sample size now to base our public information on. Before we get into week four and five, I'll go to my co-hosts, Rick and Andy. How, how are we doing, boys? I'll start with Rick. How was our weekend? Hey, dude. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Uh, a lot of football, as was last weekend. I think at the by the end of last week, I had a grand total of 38 bets. And this week, I was somehow able to surpass that with, I think, a 22-22 and 22 record. It was 22-16, and 16, <laughs> up about seven units going into Monday Night Football. And then Monday Night Football, I went over. So... Naturally, I was on Los Angeles in the over, but San Fran in the under came in, as well as a couple props that I that I had that didn't hit. So ended up a little less or a little more than one unit down. So uh, nothing really to complain about. It was a great weekend. Didn't have the upsets like we did with that parlay, but um, a lot of fun nonetheless. So that is an insane amount of consistency that you have over two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, normally if somebody rips that many bets, it's either going to look really good or really bad. Majority of the time, really bad. That's pretty surprising. Going nearly dead even. That's that's pretty damn impressive. <laughs> I mean, that, that, I think I'm 41 and 41 over the last two weeks. Exactly. It's a win. That, that is a win. Especially if your sports book has a uh, wager requirement for a deposit bonus, then that's also a win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess that sort of shows the importance of uh, line shopping because... If you lost 41 times and you got 10 juice on each, that's four units down just on the juice. So um, you got to be looking for different lines to try and find value where you can. So Good point. Another sharp in the public note there. Nice. Um, <laughs> Andy, how, how was your weekend? It was good. Uh, the hurricane did not hit Charlotte as bad as people made it out to be. We kept power the whole time, which was nice, which also meant that I got to watch all the games all weekend long, starting off with uh, Thursday, where I went 2-0. And then ended it off with Monday, where I also went 2-0, which was awesome, as I was previously 0-5 on Monday Night Football. But sprinkled in between there was a disgusting little 1-5 streak on Sunday, leading me to not even play the Sunday night game because I had no idea what the fuck was going on. The other play that hit, though, was Cardinals plus 7.5 in the teaser with the Colts, which uh, if you took now and teased the Colts, you would gain way more value than when I gave it out because I was optimistic, thought the Colts would win against the Titans and that the Broncos would lose. I was right about one of those things, and now we have an extremely low-energy Thursday night game that is going to be... You may as well just like catch up on sleep Thursday night and go to bed early because it's going to be low-scoring. It's going to suck. Russell Wilson stinks. Matt Ryan's even worse. No Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. I, I know I know this podcast comes out on Friday, but I just need to vent for a second there about my about my guys in Indy. Yeah, not great. Not great weekend for me either. Also going one and five. 
also coupled by the fact that the remnants of the hurricane hit Philadelphia while I was at the game, and it was terrible. It was cold. It was rainy. It was an awful, awful game to to spend your money at. And sounds like a Philly sports game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they got the win, so that was happy. That was also the only win I had in betting all weekend. I had the damn Vikings uh, primetime Kirk couldn't cover. Lost by half a point in that game because I got in at three and a half. Two and a half here. (laughs) Yeah, nice. Andy's. That was my that was my one Sunday win. Was the Vikings minus two and a half? So that sucks because you you lost on that, but I won. So I could have very well been zero and six. Yeah, the benefits of taking the things early, as Andy's best bets article always is. I had the Lions who led up 50 points to, to Geno Smith, who Pat just let us know is leading the league in passer rating. Yep. <laughs> just crazy, crazy. Go things. look it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there anything to even be said about that? I mean, like that that's ridiculous. The Seahawks won the trade and they're not even playing Drew Locke. Like it, it's, it's ridiculous. They're playing Geno Smith and he's outperforming Russell Wilson. Shout out my, my NFC West article that had the Seahawks hitting their over because I've called that. Yeah, and that's disrespectful of me to continue fading them despite your uh, future. I, I should have uh, I should have double checked your futures articles before I uh, said these are the teams I'm going to fade all season long. I, th- I think that he can thank the Detroit Lions defense for still being absolutely terrible, despite all of the hype that they're getting because of their weapons like Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift. Uh, that defense still has a lot of work to do. If you love 49 to this Seahawks offense, my friends, you're going to struggle with Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Uh, the Lions are also a wild card. I, I I think all of their overs have hit. That's another thing. Uh, I also had Commanders, who were part of our trend that we've been talking about all season so far, the huge 15% sharps trend. I had them, and the public was also on the Cowboys, so I figured, why not take the Commanders? And they were actually, they actually, at game time, sunk beneath the 15% sharps and went to 14%, and they didn't hit. So, tough weekend for me. Glad the Eagles won, but at the end of the day, I tried to outpublic the public and it really bit me in the ass. So it happens. I mean, this, I don't know if you guys saw that tweet, but I retweeted it. it was, Vegas reported their first loss of the season. So the public won this week, meaning we we lose. So, so it goes. Okay. So let's jump into what we're doing every week and just running through the, how the public did last week and then how they did to date. So we'll start with just last week in general. So these are all against the spread or for totals, it's over and unders and how the public bet. So the public went nine and seven against the spread in general. When they bet on the over, they went five and seven. When they bet on the under, they went one and three. When they when the money percent was on a team that those teams went nine and seven. And then lastly, the sharps went six and ten this week. So a bit of regression in terms of the under and sharps, but and again, the public won going nine and seven, and then the money also went nine and seven. So a bit different, but good nonetheless, because we're getting a lot of data. Yeah, round of applause for the public. I mean, <laughs> finally, week four. Week four, and we got it done. Um, nine and seven. Big win. Not Yeah, nine and seven. You probably went up less than a unit on the juice. So, hey, but anyways, we, we, we take it where we can get it. Overs, public still can't bet overs. <laughs> they can't do it. Um, and the Sharps finally regressed a bit, which will uh, which will hurt the data that we've got a little bit, but... Uh, that was due. Uh, we knew that the data wasn't sustainable for Sharps. So interesting there. Interesting that the unders went one and three when the public was on it. They'd been good at doing that as well. So some interesting numbers. Yeah, for sure. We will talk about that in a second when we get to the totals to date and how that impacts everything. Totally agree with Rick. Like the public is going to continue to suck at betting on the over as well. This is not something new. I think we've discussed this is the fourth time in a row we've discussed it now, as well as like we are the under guys. Whether you like it or not, we're going to tell you to bet the under when we think it's smart. I don't care if you want points. We want to make money. So whether you like it or not, we're the under guys. The underminer. Behold, the underminer. Yep. <laughs> Shout out the underminer. That, right? that was just off the dome, off the top. Love that for us. Okay. So agreed. Yeah. Totals. Following trends that we were seeing historically, good at the under, bad at the over. I guess we'll we'll continue to reiterate that every week, but just cool stuff to, to note. As for totals to date, let's go through those real quickly too. So through week four, the public is 30 and 33 against the spread. When the money is on a team, they are 35 and 28 against the spread. When a sharp percentage or sharp differential is on a team, that is 33 and 30 to date. To date, the public is 16 and 28 on overs and 10 and 10 on unders. What do you guys see from that? Being 10 and 10 on unders is not break even. 
you're still netting a unit loss on that if you're betting if all of them are minus one ten, which all of them are not, but averaged out to like minus one ten. I think the other one here is just still looking at sixteen and twenty eight on overs. Is that for sharps? Sixteen twenty eight on overs on the total, just in general. So say a total is forty seven and a half, and the public bets on a team. They are sixteen twenty eight when fifty percent or higher public percentages on the over. So the public is sixteen and twenty eight on overs. Correct. So, like, I'll give an example of a loss that last week. Last week, the public had 71% of bets on the over in the Falcons-Browns game, and it went under. So, that's a loss. That's included in that, in those 28 losses. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Just 35 and 28 for the money is interesting to me, but besides that, it, we're still kind of driving home 16-28 on, on the overs. Stop blindly betting overs. And then the 10 and 10 on on unders is still not necessarily positive in the world of gambling, nor is it even in the world of gambling. It, that's that's technically negative. Yeah, it's nothing really much to scoff at right now when we're just looking at the general totals in general, like the congregation of every stat. And that's one of the reasons that I love doing this and taking a deeper look at it, deeper being different confidence intervals and different percentages, different ranges and stuff, because that's where we find the interesting information. If you just took all of these over history, I assume that they're eventually going to come around to even. The public might be slightly worse or the money might be slightly better and sharps might be slightly better. But overall, it's going to come to even. But when you look at the trends within these trends, that's that's where it gets pretty ex- uh, exciting. Yeah, so I think it's, I'm interested to get into some of those uh, more in-depth stats, like the trends within the trends, as you called it. Um, but it is interesting to see that the public and the sharps are both right around 50%. Obviously, the public's a little under 50 but... Uh, close to 50% though, and that the money so far has been profitable. If you follow the money, you're making money so far this season. As you said, that trend will probably end up getting a lot more or a lot closer to 500. So interested to see how that plays out throughout the rest of the year, but good early trends. And if we can't hammer it enough, the overs are consistently not profitable. So uh, you really have to pick your spots to hit those overs. And it seems like the public still cannot figure out those spots. So I uh, would love to start getting into those deeper trends that I know you found. Yeah, so let's let's do that. The trend that we've been hammering down is 15% sharps or greater, being very very good. Uh, we started out at 11 and 0 through the first two weeks. We moved to 17 and 2. Now through week four, we are at 19 and 2. It went 2 and 0 this week. And as I tweeted out, I think Vegas is starting to get a little bit of a handle on this because they are finding ways to to bring that sharp number down. As only two games, and one of them being the Thursday night game, the Bengals had this uh, had this category. The two games again were the Bengals, the Bengals, and the Ravens. So again, for an example, for people that don't know, sharp percentage is the difference between the money percentage and the public percentage. So whichever team has a positive sharp percentage is the one that's tracked because that's who the sharps are pushing, right? So in the Ravens and the Bills game. Ravens had 70% of the money and 51% of the bets. So 70 minus 51 is 19. That's greater than 15%. And that is included in that 19 and 2 above 15% trend. Absolutely fascinating trend. I'll say it like we said last week. You're not going to find a trend like that anywhere. And uh, it's time to blindly bet. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're getting, we're almost at the blindly bet territory. I think I will until that trend reverses. Naturally, it'll reverse this week. But I think it's at that point where I'm going to. And I mean, worst case scenario, it looks like it'll go 500. So 19 and 2 is a trend that you cannot find anywhere else. That is, that is something that prints money. So definitely one I'm going to use. I guess my only question is like when you say that it seemed like Vegas was finding ways to combat this trend. Do you think they're avid? They have somebody that's an avid listener of this podcast, or do you <laughs> think that they actually are starting to recognize something like that, where it's like we need to either change the line to make it more favorable, where sharp betters might start taking the other side? I think it's the latter. I mean, I I really hope that one day Vegas has a has a guy solely listening to us and our takes. But <laughs> I think we're I think a ways if it gets to that, that point. <laughs> If, if it gets to that point, we're just like not going to be making this podcast anymore because they'll probably have hired us to go work in the sports book. I also don't really want to go work in the sports books unless they're writing me a fat ass check. If it gets <laughs> to that point, I will be the sole sharp because I'll be betting so much money <laughs> on games where I'm tilting the lines. Um, but no, I think it's I think it's the latter of what you're saying. I think there's sli- I don't know how much, but 
there's a difference, right? It, there were, it's consistently starting out where you see the large sharp percentages. And as we get more bets throughout the week, it's, it's slowly dropping. And the commanders look like they're going to have it the whole time. And I touched on it in the beginning, but they dropped below 14% and they lost. And I think they're making the lines a little bit more difficult to read or something. They're figuring things out a little more to where they're not losing as much just on that, on that, because obviously Vegas did report losses this week and that's a whole nother topic. But yeah, to answer your question, I think it's, it's the latter. Yeah. And I think they're figuring it out too. Just looking at the board for week five as well. When you just scan over it, it looks like a lot more, a lot larger spreads than we've seen the previous four weeks, which makes me think that they're starting to feel more comfortable with some of these positions and trying to start to bait people into one side or the other as they are known to do. So I, I totally agree with you on the comfort level stuff from them, where it's like that they're starting to figure things out with these teams just like we are. But as we know, historically, they know a lot more than we do. We have so much at our fingertips now, like more information than ever, but we'll never know the vast wealth of information that these guys have that they use to make their lines and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think that's definitely a great point and a, and a valid one. Yeah, we'll never have the, the models that they have or the expertise, but that's one of the reasons that we've, we're having this podcast is so we can try and find ways to, to, to combat that because Vegas obviously is so good and they have been so good for such a long time. It's incredible how accurate they make lines. And, and two people that I've listened to now for a couple of years, um, Julian Edlow, who works now, I believe, with DraftKings, and Matt Peralt, um, who's jumped around with a few different places, they've brought on... Uh, some people from different sports books that either used to used to work at sports book used to be um, bookmakers and line makers themselves, and they talked more on the like the risk that sports books have. Like even in this scenario where the where the sharps have a fifteen percent or greater um, edge, the percentage of money could still be somewhere around fifty percent. Like say the bets are thirty percent, but the money's fifty percent. The book really isn't still exhibiting that much risk um, at 50% money. Actually, they're exhibiting no risk. They're they're making money no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point, Rick. I do think they have a lot of contingencies in place to where it won't matter in the long run. Yeah, they can lose one week, but who cares because they're winning every other week and they're they're doing it in a scientific way to where they know they're going to win. And obviously, Vegas has shiny lights for a reason. It's going to continue to be that way. And to touch on another thing really quickly that you said, I think we talked about it in one of the other podcasts. One thing that I plan on adding to the spreadsheet is a trend or trying to figure out how to see the trend when the public is greater than 50% on one team, but the money is greater than 50% on the other team or vice versa in one game and see how, see how that affects things. Because that is an indication of where Vegas is making a stance, I think, rather than just looking at the sharp percentage or sharp differential. Yeah, for sure. I, th I think those are very interesting um, and would love to follow those moving forward. Uh, I used to be on the side. If I ever find one where the public's um, on one side, but the money's on the other, um, I think they call it two-way line movement or two-way movement. I can't remember exactly. Um, but I would always side with the money. And I wish I could tell you what percentage I hit that at, but I felt like it was well above 50%. So that'll be something I'll manually track from here on out. And um, I'll give you guys updates on how that's going for those types of trends. And DJ, you might just as well. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I'll talk about that stuff a little later in, in this episode, the things that I'm adding to the spreadsheet, because we are getting some good feedback on the podcast and people are excited. And that makes me more excited to to bring more trends and find more ways to, to sharpen the public. So I'm excited to bring that stuff to you guys. So look out for that in the future. And if you have and if you have some of those questions or things that you want us to look into more, definitely tweet us, tweet us at HH Sports HQ on Twitter or at Deej HH Sports on Twitter. I'm not as good with the analytical and stats stuff, even though I love reading it and I am a stats nerd. So you can tweet at Andy HH Sports, but uh, not guaranteed that I'm going to be diving into any type of spreadsheet for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another good plug. And just for our consistency sake, we'll say at Rick HH Sports over there too. For Rick there buddy go. over there. He's um, the biggest one, so you have to. You have to follow him. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on. So we said that, well, I, I guess I said that to date, the sharp percentage in general is 33 and 30 and above 15% the sharps are 19 and two. So that would mean that below that percentage of 15% that sharps are 14 and 28, just ridiculous opposite side of that trend and something that 
honestly, what is that? Like a 33% win percentage. Wait, say thing. That. Can you say that again? I didn't fully grasp that the first time. Can you say that again? Right. So if the, if the public above, or I'm sorry, if the sharps are above 15% are 19 and two, and the total to date sharps record is 33 and 30. That means that below 15% sharps are 14 and 28. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, like I was saying, about a 33% win percentage, which is horrible. So, Yeah, that's abysmal. To really look out for. And it's a, it's a great dichotomy we have right now with these trends and really really exciting to talk about because it's, a, it's, it's specific. It's one way or the other on every game. It's not something that you have to consider, you know, multiple different things. This is one stat for each side of it to very, very different results. So we, we'll talk about that. Um, in a second when we get to the other games and kind of point out where that might happen, but something that everyone should, you guys listening should really consider. Yeah, 14 and 29 is, is unbelievable. And that's when it's, that's when the sharp percentage is 14 or below 14 or 28. And then yes, 14 and 28 is the record. You said 14 and 29, but 14% or below. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't believe that because it's, it shouldn't like, it's crazy that 15 is the magic number. Because like when you when you said earlier like yeah the commanders game right at the last second it moved to fourteen percent like the average listener if you didn't elaborate onto this trend I feel like would just be like oh well, like it's close enough to fifteen why not rip it but it's like no it it, it literally is like fifteen is the magic number shout out yeah, Tim that, Tebow <laughs> Tim Tebow that's one of the reasons I kind of see this as a confidence level I know I said it last week it's not necessarily resembling confidence when you look at these numbers but in a, in a way it is because people are putting their money on this side more so than this way. And when you cut it off like that, to me, it's, it's clearly a confidence level. Yeah. I, th- I think you found like the perfect confidence interval uh, to, to illustrate just how big sharps are and just how important sharps are um, in this. Cause once you get under 15%, then you're getting a, like the sharp money just really isn't that confident uh, compared to the public money. But once you get over 15%, you're saying that, in addition to the amount of bets that are going on a game, that the money percentage is that much greater, meaning that the Sharps are laying that much more money, um, and that they're showing their level of confidence in a game. Um, and it seems like the sweet spot seems to be 15%, given the discrepancy between over and under it. Uh, we know that the Sharps are there for a reason, and that they tend to move lines more so than the public, because they tend to be on the right side more often than not, and it's showing that way here as well. So... Glad you found that number. I don't know how you came to 15%, but it clearly is the right number. So I'm glad you did. This shit is magical, dude. I, like 15%. Yeah, it's, exci- it's again, super exciting to talk about because crazy trends and something that really everyone should consider. So I'm super excited to, to keep working like this and bring this information to you guys. I want to reiterate just kind of what it is again, like what sharp percentage is again for the other game that had won, which was the Bengals. So the Bengals had 77% of the money and... 54% of the public. So they had a 23% sharp differential. So they, they also covered. Yeah, just just crazy stuff. And I, the last point I want to make on this before we go to some other trends is I see it also as when the sharps are agreeing with the public, it kind of shows how good Vegas is. And when they're not confident on putting that much money down and, and risking that much money or losing it, because that's 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 the differential, right? Fourteen and twenty-eight when they're below the fifteen percent confidence level. So it's crazy, crazy stuff. Agreed. This yeah. is this is nuts. I don't have anything. I don't think have anything else to say. I mean, I could keep saying it's crazy for the next ten minutes, and yeah. it wouldn't drive home how freaking nuts this is. Yeah. So that's that trend. Another not so crazy, but very very insane. I mean, nothing that we're going to touch is as crazy as nineteen and two. Fourteen and twenty-eight is a good one, but. We'll talk about the ones that we discussed last week and how they changed. So we talked about how last week through week three, when the money percentage was greater than 65%, those teams were 17 and six. That that record has moved to 20 and eight. So a slight win, three and two in week four, but still nonetheless, a, a, another great trend, 20 and eight above 65%. We also talked about how in the 65 to 70% money range, those teams went eight and one. No teams actually hit that level this week so they're still eight and one so two great trends for the money yeah i was on the lookout for that 65 to 70 threshold this week i'm glad you said that and that i wasn't going crazy that i didn't see any i mean it is a rare thing to find a 65 to 70 percent 
So I think with the I think with that eight and one one, I'm a little bit more interested to see if there's any regression there. But that twenty and eight one, I I I can I have a really good feeling that that's going to continue to be the case when there's a sixty five percent money percentage that those teams are twenty and eight ATS. I I feel really good that that's going to continue to be a positive trend the rest of the way out. Not as lucrative as nineteen and two with the fifteen the magic number fifteen. Shout out Patty Mahomes, but twenty and eight is still solid. Yeah, twenty and eight. I mean, above sixty five percent. So we go back to uh, the sharp money and public money combined. There, both being very confident on a side, uh, they tend to hit as far as the spread goes. Maybe not the overs, but as far as the spread goes. So um, interesting that it seems like where the money goes, um, so does the profit. So will continue to be interesting to see if that trend uh, changes, comes back towards, comes back to earth a bit, um, or if it stays up in that almost two to one or that over two to one uh, hit rate. So. That's a good point. I have been saying all these numbers and I want to reiterate these are all so far against the spread. We'll get to total trends later, but right now this is all money against the spread, public against the spread, and sharp against the spread. So yeah, like I said, I'll I'll finish on the same point. Twenty and eight above sixty-five percent the money and eight and one in the sixty-five to seventy percent range. So moving from money to public, we talked about how last week the public went 0 and six in the 65 to 70% confidence range. And Rick had actually talked about how he was saying that's not enough of a sample size to to bet yet. And he was very right. The public moved to two and six in that in that range through week four since they went two and oh. The Cowboys were one of those teams that I had bet on because they were in the 65 to 70% range and I got beaten by the public. But so it goes. Um, but yeah, <laughs> crazy. It, 65 to 70% has moved to two and six, which is still not great. Yeah, <laughs> just too small of a sample size still uh, to go either way about it. Um, if this number gets towards 20, 25, like those other trends are, then then it'd be worth looking more into. But um, as of now, I think it's just too small of a sample size to really take any big takeaways for me at For least. Sure. Fair enough. But when I tell you that over history that I've tracked, in that range, the public is 38% win percentage. How does that make you feel? That's horrible. I would bet the other way. Uh, the 62% win percentage? Are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, that's... No, so in that range, the public, in the 65 to 7% range, there are 2-6 two and, two and six through this year, but over history, they're at 38% win rate. Oh, I know. I'm saying if I were to fade them, I would hit at a 62% rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. that's horrible from the public. I would fade that every day of the week. Right, so you believe in the trend now, even though there's a small sample size for this year, is what I'm saying. Yes, yes. I mean, this year, this year's a small sample size, but I wasn't aware that the longevity of this trend lasts into a 38% hit rate, because... Well, that's what I'm here for, Rick. I know that's what you're here for. I, I, I was not given that information. <laughs> and that, that's, why I mean, that's why I'm here to learn from you. And this is this is if the public go if the public is sixty five percent or greater in confidence or that's the sixty five to seventy five percent sweet spot, sixty five to seventy percent. All of my ranges. Okay. I was off twice there, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All of my ranges. Yeah, that's a good. Let me let me preface. I'm not really good at prefacing things. Things. So as we continue to grow and learn how to podcast, this is this is a good learning moment. All of my ranges are between or five percent intervals when we're talking about the public percentage and money percentage, like 50 to 55, 55 to 60, 60 to 65, so on and so forth, up to 75. I've designated 75 as the level where that's just that or higher level as well. Sharps, on the other hand, you're never going to get above 50 on a sharp because you're taking a difference. So those levels are still in 5% increments, but zero to five is low confidence. Five to 10 is a little higher, 10 to 15, so on and so forth, up to 30% or greater. So those are the levels that I've discussed and, and, and set when I started tracking these trends a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, as Andy was saying, this trend that we're talking about right now, two and six through week four and 38% over uh, the couple of years that I've tracked is between the 65 and 70% range in public bets. Yeah, I'll, that's another one that I'm going to be on the lookout for. I think uh, for me, the, it, the 65 to 70%, you're looking for the range of money, which is eight and one so far this season. And then the 65 to 70% range, you're looking for public confidence ATS, because then you can go the other way. 
that, that right. 65 to 70 is my magic number going into week five. Yep. And then just as well as 15. <laughs> Lucky yeah. 15. Sharp's a great one. Uh, another one to mention on the public that they're also very bad at just between 60 and 70 this year is so between 60% and 70% is five and 14. So another very bad public trend. So in this like 60 to 65 to 70% range, the public is just overconfident or they're they're not way too confident. They're not, not confident. They're just wrong. The last trend that I want to get to on spreads before we talk about totals and how this all relates to games last week. And then next week is Below that 65% money range that we talked about is very good at 20 and 8. Between 60 and 64%, money is 3 and 9. Historically, that similar to the public uh, between 65 and 70 is another historic 40%-ish confidence range. So we're seeing this, we're seeing that trend double down again this year. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and that's another one to... It's a tight range, but I mean, over time, if that's hitting at 40%, uh, again, that's one that you want to fade uh, with consistency. Uh, because that, that's a year that's year upon year uh, trend that that's no one year anomaly that's no first four weeks of the season anomaly that's it's pretty consistent three of nine is a little below par for 40 percent that it typically hits at but that's still that's still something to keep note of and give you a little bit of pause if you're on the other side of it not necessarily to sway you off a bet but one that might be less confident than you were before yeah i'm so excited as we keep getting more and more data we're gonna see Bigger and bigger trends and more real trends uh, start to stick out. Even though some of these have twelve games, fifteen games, twenty games, whatnot, we're gonna get we're gonna get some crazy stuff happening. So stick with us throughout the year. It's only gonna get more and more entertaining. Yeah, and it, once again, it just hammers home the sixty-five percent money range and above being the sweet spot because that is the one that's twenty and eight ATS. When the money percentage is over sixty-five percent, you go a tick down to sixty-four, and you're at three and nine this season. Um, similar to how that ATS sharp percentage of 15% is the 19 and two, the lucky number 15 trend. Once you go down to that 14, it's at 14 and 29. So just stuff to monitor with this, like th these numbers are not, this isn't like a, Oh, it's getting close there. I'm going to take it. It's like, it, it, it's very particular, which is interesting. You would think that it'd be a little bit more fluid, but I mean, as it stands right now, these things are, are black and white. It's it's night and day. It's crazy. It's 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 incredibly interesting. And one thing that I've been thinking about this entire week, I've been really excited to talk about it on the podcast, is like when you look at these numbers and you're looking at them and you have no idea what they mean, you, you look at like you look at the public percentage and the money percentage and you're like, oh, the public's on this team, the money's on this team. But you're like, what the hell does that mean? These trends, these things that we're tracking that no one else has give those numbers meaning, right? It's like you're seeing how this happens historically, how it's happened this year, what's happened when the, because that's the question is what do those numbers mean? No one, no one knows. You can say, oh, the public wins or the public loses, Vegas wins, Vegas loses, but no one knows what they mean until you, you, you give them meaning. And that's one of the reasons I'm so, so excited for this stuff. Damn right. Yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. I feel even better this week than I did last week going into it. And yet went five and five last week. So I need to do a better job of incorporating this in too. Cause I think I incorporated it into a couple, but not as many as I thought I was going to. And we'll get better at that too. I'm again, I said it last week. I went one and five this week. That doesn't mean I know how to bet with these trends perfectly. Uh, my liens are, are really pretty bad. Um, don't take what I'm saying for my own particular bets as, 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 as the Bible. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a better that loses as well, but it's important for everyone to have this information. You might've found the way to, to hit on the wrong side of trends that are very good with consistency at this point. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's insane. I'm always the one, you know, the one loss on this side of the, <laughs> the third yeah, loss. Miraculous how consistent that happens. Yeah, the, the fix is in. They're like, this guy's figured it out. Let's make sure that the ones he's betting on are the ones that lose. Yeah, yeah. let's hope that nobody follows him because he's tweeting out all the wrong plays. Like, <laughs> seriously. It, 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 it makes me sad to see every week where you're like, well, this trend went 6-1. and one. I was on the lone loss. <laughs> like, my word. I'm glad I'm not the only one that realizes that, Pat. Thank you. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that the listeners realize that, uh, to know that you might suck as an individual better, but <laughs> the knowledge that you're giving us is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, with that, that's a great, great segue into showing the power of these numbers. And if you were to bet with these trends last week, how you would have won. So thank you, Pat, for that perfect segue. Yeah, right. 
So let's let's just run through it real quick. Like we've said, the Bengals had 23% of the sharps. They they covered. The Ravens had 20% of the sharps. They covered both over that 15% sharp range. The Cardinals had 75% of the money. That's above that 65% money range that we just talked about. It was 28. They won. Um, there were the large sharps on the under in the Titans Titans and Colts game. That that game went under. Same thing with the Bears and the Giants game. That game went under. So I, I'm not going to list off every game because that's a lot. But most of these games, you can find a way to win with these trends. And it's, it shows the power of them. I also want to say that it's, again, not 100% of a science. The commanders almost had 15% the entire game. And the public was on 65%, which I said that historically is not a great range for the public. They also lost. Or I'm sorry, the commanders lost and the Cowboys covered. So it's not 100% science. It's just very interesting stuff that will hopefully win you guys more money. Before we actually touch on a lot of the games in the week five slate, let me just throw some some total trends at you because they're also pretty interesting. So on the money percentages on the under, 23 and 15 to date. When sharps are on the under, they've gone 26 and 16 to date. So some crazy stuff. And then just a trend within that trend, the money percentage is between 55 and 60% on the under. That's five and oh. So one of the only undefeated trends that we we are still seeing through through week five. That's money. Correct. Money percentage between fifty five and sixty percent is five and zero. Oh. On the it. under. Okay. Five and zero, oh, baby. That's impressive. What you're telling me is that when the money slash the sharps are on the under, they got a good feel for it. Correct. Maybe not the public. The public showed us this week they went one and three on unders. I think a ten or ten, ten and ten for the year the public is. But if the money's there, then then you might have something. You might have something going. Correct. It's not as much of a sample size with the totals because it's either one way or the other, but it's still it's still interesting. Five and zero is, is 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 a trend no matter how many games have been played. I want I want to just say one thing on what you said though, Rick. Correct me if I'm wrong, DJ, but I believe the public historically is good at betting the under. So ten and ten might see a bump up in the positive range. I don't. I forget what the percentage was that they were hitting historically, but I, I do remember you saying that from the first episode that the public is generally good at betting unders. Is that correct? correct? That's correct. Public and money typically are betting are good at betting unders, and I think that's okay. I mean, that's okay from Vegas' standpoint because you really see a vast difference in the amount of bets on, like, the amount of times that the public and money are on the under versus the amount of times that the public and money are on the over. It's like it, to me, just look thinking about the numbers now. It's like a sixty-five to seventy percent of the time, public and money are going to be on the over, mm-hmm. and then it's like a whatever fifty percent chance that that hits too. So, is there anything to note with the sharp percentages? Um, I know that you said that like when the sharp percentage is on the under, it's at twenty-six and sixteen. Is there anything else to note with sharp percentages and totals as there is with the? Um, ATS trend that we have, correct. The fifteen so percent magic number. Yeah, so not as drastic because nothing will be as drastic, but nothing really on sharps on the over, but on the under this year, when the sharps percentage is greater than thirty percent, so a very large confidence, those are ten and five on the under. Big money on the under, go with the under. I'd say. I thought I actually had made a mistake in one of my calculations on my spreadsheet that I thought it was 0-5 before the Monday night game. I bet on the over because there was a, like 50% of sharps on the under because I thought it was 0-5, and turns out I was wrong. My calculations were just not right, and it's 10-5. and 5. <laughs> So, <laughs> and both of you had the under. So, <laughs> props to you guys. But on Monday night, no, I had the over. I went 0-6. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had the under. I Yeah, I... I that was a nice little hit there. I do want to say these numbers will change, but as it stands right now, check this on Friday, check this on Saturday, and check this on Sunday. The Ravens are at a plus, are, are above 30%. The, the, excuse me, the Ravens-Bengals under is at a plus 30%. The London game, so Packers and Giants, is at a plus 30% for the under as well as the Jaguars-Texans is at a plus 30% for the under. Well, I, I think, I mean, people see Jaguars and Texans and they must just be conditioned to bet the under. So that's that's not terribly surprising, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the mo- one of the most exciting things about all the data is relating it to the next week's games and trying to figure out 
when to use it and when to not. So yeah, we'll end, I guess, last thing I want to get on the totals is another offer. We talked about it last week. It didn't change, but when the public bets 75% or higher on the over, they're 0 and 5. Big over for the public. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that makes me happy. I know. I know you love that. So, so they, I mean, the public is 75% on and over, and they're at 0 and 5, is what you said, correct? Correct. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is facing Josh Allen, the under will happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. I feel like I feel like most people, if they have this data and you see a 75% of the public is on it, they're going to be like, yo, what the fuck? I, can, I need to pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, if I see an over with 75%, I'm automatically fading it. I know yeah. the most intelligent thing in the world, but I'm I'm fading it. 0 and 5 is pretty small sample size. I don't care. Make it 0 and 6. Like, yeah. It's going to get there. There are two games right now that have that as a perfect transition into our week five discussions. There are two games right now that have greater than 75% on the over from public bets. That is the Seahawks and Saints have 82% of money on the over, 82% of bets on the over as well as a 16% sharp on the over. So 98% of money right now is on the over in that game. Wild. People, people believe in Geno Smith, man. <laughs> no. believe in him. The highest QBR quarterback against, <laughs> against Jameis Winston. Against Jameis. <laughs> Slash Andy Dalton, whoever ends up playing. Oh, true. God. I hate that game so much, man. I hate that game so much. Why, why are people betting the over on this? I don't get it. It was I, low. I, it did open at 40, and now it's at 45 and a half. I mean, the Saints, I don't know what the Saints totals are each game, but I swear every Saints game so far has been super low. Maybe aside from the Atlanta game. I mean, it's moved five points up. It was at 40 and a half, now it's 45 and a half. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Why? These teams suck. Yeah, that's another good point. Uh, we did talk about this week one, I think, or one of the first episodes. I want to add to my spreadsheet the difference of, like, how it how it total changes over the week, and I have added that. I just haven't extended it out through all the weeks. Look out for that stuff next week too. I'm adding a lot of stuff to to the information that we're getting, and it's all going to be exciting to to talk about it. So you're not going to want to miss out. So please follow, share, rate the the podcast, do all of that stuff. We are a new podcast. We're we're small, so send it to your friends, send it to your family, send it to somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Use it as an icebreaker. Just say, hey, I know you're a bit of a degenerate and you like to bet on the games. Have you heard these guys? Send it to your ex. <laughs> One last thing I want to say is Seattle and New Orleans are both two and two on over-unders this year. So there's nothing to pull away from that from a um, from a trend standpoint in regards to like how they've performed record-wise. But uh, you would think that both of these teams are 4-0 oh to the over, the way these people are just slamming it. I mean, guys, what are we doing? 98% under. of the money. <laughs> yeah, under, 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 under. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how, that's, uh, how that stands at the end of the week. Right now, as I'll say every week, these bets, or these games have between 15,000 and 50,000 bets on them right now, and they will come close to, you know, 100,000 to 200,000 bets come Sunday, some even 300,000 for the Mondays and Sunday night games. So just keep that in mind. Things will change. And that's why I tweet out things and I put out my articles on Sunday mornings and Saturday nights because these will change. So follow us on Twitter and everything. Keep updated with all this stuff. Okay. So again, this, we talked about the Seahawks and the, and the Saints, but the second game that has the 75 plus over percentage is the Raiders Chiefs on Monday. So that will change probably. It's at 75% right now. But Patty Mahomes at home after the win against uh, Tom Brady on the road, people love the over. People want the points against the Raiders. Unsurprising. Seems like a natural underspot. That's a high total, too, at uh, 51. I mean, the Raiders have scored a lot of points this year, but they've also given a lot up. Um I think like Broncos putting up 23 on them, I believe it was last week, was one of the lower ones they've let up so far this season. So that may not, that that over is a little more justified in my opinion than the freaking Seahawks and Saints. But uh, definitely interesting that they're, those are some ugly numbers. Yeah. Moving over to spreads, looking at week five. We'll, we'll talk about the best trend that there is, the 19 and 2, 15% trends. Right now, again, these will change. It looks like there were going to be like eight games when we did the podcast last week. 
that we're going to have over 15% sharps and it dropped to two. So just keep that in mind right now. The teams that have greater than 15% sharp are the Patriots against the Lions, the Falcons against the Buccaneers, the Seahawks versus the Saints, the Texans versus the Jaguars, the Browns versus the Chargers, the Eagles versus the Cardinals, and the Ravens versus the Bengals. That's a lot. I know, a lot right now. And I hope it stays that way so we can win some money. Yeah, it'll definitely settle in. Um that Patriots one is pretty drastic at plus 36%. So that might still stay above the 50% threshold. I will not be betting that. That's against my religion. That's against everything I believe in, but I'll take the other ones. Yeah, I actually kind of like the Falcons here in the spot against the Bucks. Obviously, the Sharps do too. They only have a 30% public betting percentage, which is great. Um, that's in that for the Bucks, that's 65 plus range, which is not great. I like the spot here. People are going to back Tom Brady again. It's a large spread. It was at 10 and a half. It's down to nine now. I like the, I honestly like the Falcons. I don't know why I like all these bad teams. I've been on the Jets. I've been on, you know, these bad teams, but I, I like the Falcons here. Typically pays off to be on those bad teams because uh, nobody believes that the Jets can win a game. People are starting to believe that the Falcons might be good, but uh, nobody likes to believe in a little guy to get it done over again. the big names like t- Tampa and Tom and, those guys, or at least to cover. So, um, I'm with you on the Falcons this week. I believe we'll see how the line ends up, but early at least I like that matchup. They've they've been playing well. The um, I think let me pull up PFF real quick. I was gonna add it a second ago. I believe they're up there. Um, in some yeah, they're the fourth rated team, tied for third actually with San Fran. Wow. Um, in PFF's rankings, so it's mainly due to their offense. Mariota's got them got them swinging. They've up there for points for they're averaging about 25 26 points per game so yeah that's great there's only one team um that leads the league in points for and points allowed and that's the detroit lions so <laughs> they might be your over team because that team can't play defense but they can sure as well score the ball so <laughs> they were the number one team ats last season uh i know we're four games into this one so last season stats aren't aren't as relevant but just goes to show that Sometimes backing the really shit teams does pay off, as Rick just said. Right. And that's another great point to hit on one of the things that I want to bring that I have already brought to the spreadsheet. I just haven't updated yet to include all the games is I've added a section to where we can track how well the public does in specific confidence intervals on each team. So throughout the year, and I can track that through all the games that I have through history, we'll see probably that, you know, the public is X and Y against, or when they bet on the Chiefs, likely bad because people like to bet on the Chiefs and, you know, Vegas will win. So that's one thing that I'm really looking forward to, to, to bringing to you guys. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm interested once we get like later in the year too to be able to use those trends as we get more data. Because uh, I mean, at two and two right now or a three and one, one and three. Right. Wasn't too great, but when you get down the line, you start saying, "All right, they're one and five, or they're two and seven. Um, and you start to you start to use that a little bit more. So that'll be good as we get into the middle point of the season, for sure. But yeah, speaking on those bad teams that I love, I also love the Texans this week. <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't understand why. Uh, I think this line is large at seven points. I think the I don't know what Houston's against the spread totals are to date, but it seems like they're. They're playing their competition pretty well. Damian Pierce looks great. He's finally hitting his stride. So I like them in this spot against the Jags. Divisional game. Expected to be close. Vegas opened it at three and a half, and now it's down to seven, which is wild. Um, yeah, they're two one, one and one. Two one and one right now. Against yeah. The spread of yeah, not bad. I'll, I'll play a quick devil's advocate here that I think the Jags would have maybe been able to put up a better fight against the Eagles if Trevor Lawrence didn't fumble it so many times. I, I think he had three fumbles. Yeah, I, t- I agree. I think the Jags are good. I think the weather played a huge part into why the Eagles really were able to take control of that game. Having been there, it was a terrible experience. But a final note on that game is right now, Jags are at the 69% public range, which is in that 65 to 70, which isn't great. So... Uh, it's given more reason for the for the Texans, and I'll back Davis Mills. Dickie Mills, baby. Bring us home. I'll take full ownership for the Jaguars' loss. I'm pretty sure I texted you while you were at the game when the Jags <laughs> were up 14-0 to because uh, I thought that my spread plus 6.5 was wildly cash at that point, and here we are. So. <laughs> it's a turnaround. 
Yeah, quite the turnaround. I was thinking of you being sad in the stands, and I was like, well, at least the Jaguars are hitting for me. And... <laughs> uh, the Eagles were the only win I had that week, so I needed that, especially having been out in the rain and in the cold, so <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Another one that was tough for me to kind of get a gauge on is the Browns and the Chargers. I want to find out if, because the Chargers are away in Cleveland. They were away in Houston last week. I want to know if they're kind of staying in or if they're going home, because I feel like they're, they're traveling a lot. I might add to to why one of the reasons that the Browns have such a large sharp differential. I'm not I'm not sure, but I would have thought there would be more money on the Chargers. I'm le- I'm leaning Chargers here, but 26 percent on the Browns sharp differential, 82 percent of the money on the Browns tells me otherwise. Even though the line is only three points in favor of the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers have struggled a lot this season, um, and obviously they're not very healthy. I mean, we all know it's well documented how. Um... How injured Justin Herbert has been with that rib injury that he got against the Chiefs. Um, and then you're missing Keenan Allen for most of the year. Joey Bosa's on IR. Um, and they've got a handful of other guys that are either questionable or trying to get healthy. So um, I think that line might make a big change if some of these guys get ruled active going into this week. Um, but nonetheless, uh, the Chargers are in an interest, interesting spot where they're underdogs, but they were one of the favorites or one of the best teams in the league coming into this season. So um Definitely a get-right spot for the Chargers, but also could be a get-back-on-track game for the Browns, who just lost to the Falcons on the road. So, I just want to add in that the Browns have a ATS plus-minus of 0.0, which means that against the spread, like they're either losing or winning. Like If you add it all together through four games, it's net even, with a margin of victory of plus two and a half points. Which is, which is an average. That's why you have a margin of victory of, of two and a half. But um, that's something to note because if they're going to be a home dog like this, plus two and a half is super small. I get it. But get ready for it. Haven't said it yet this pod, but I'm going to say it now. This could be an excellent teaser piece, ladies and gentlemen. Bring them up to plus eight and a half. And you're looking at a really big spread against a team with a 0.0 ATS plus minus and a uh, 2.5 margin of victory. I love it. I kind of love it. And, they, and they're sitting at the, the magical percent, the lucky 15. Shout out to Charlotte Hornets, Kimball Walker. I thought we were going to make it through a full podcast without Andrew talking about teasers. Yeah, everybody drink. Uh, <laughs> everyone drink. Yeah. No, I, I think it needs to be said that the Browns, I don't think there can be an easier schedule in the NFL. They have played the Panthers, the Jets, the Steelers, and the Falcons. I mean, those are four of the worst teams in the NFL coming into the season, and they got out of that stretch at 2-2, two and two, and they barely beat the Panthers. They, they, are, they are struggling offensively, defense. I mean, actually, their offense has been decent. Their offense has put up at least 20 points in every game. It's the defense that... uh. That's supposed to be good with Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, and it just it, it hasn't really shown its shown its teeth. They get some bad offenses, like the Jets and Panthers and the Falcons, who I don't know might be a decent offense, but it's still not great. So I don't know. It feels like a charter spot. I'm with you. Yeah, I good. I'm glad. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Definitely how things change throughout the week with, like you said, health and everything. That's bound to change. But crazy. To, to look at that 80, 82% money and 27% sharp on the Browns, in my opinion. Um, one of the last games that I want to get to for this podcast, this episode, the uh, divisional matchup, NFC North, Bears and Vikings. Vikings coming back from London are minus seven points at home to the Bears. They have 82% of the public bets and 87% of the money. So they're above that 65% money range, which is 20 and eight right now. Seven points is a lot in a divisional home game, but the Vikings, I mean, they beat the Packers in game one. So they're showing their dominance in the NFC North there. And they really haven't performed in my opinion, up to their, their threshold yet. So even though it's a large line and it's a divisional home game, I like the Vikings here. Is there anything to note about the percentage of bets being at 82% in this game? Because that's alarmingly high with uh, to pair to the percent of money being 87%. Like in my mind, when you see, um, the numbers of bets and the numbers of money being so close together, th- that's why the and that's why it's called the sharp differential. Like, there's not a lot of sharp money going on this game. Um, like everyone is just kind of betting one side here, and they're just slamming one side with uh, similar amounts of money. It seems like. 
Right. That's a good point. That is in that below 15% range, which is 14 and 28. So not good. There are wins there, obviously. Um, and to date, the public at 75% or greater on the spread, just public bets, percentage, confidence, whatever, is four and four. So even to date. So that doesn't really scare me. Typically, it would seeing such a high public confidence, but obviously, it's, it doesn't mean much right now. 50%. Got it. And the money is above 65%. And at right. that right now, we're at 20 and 8. So the Vikings are an anomaly, right? They beat the Packers in week one, and that was their only time covering the spread this year. They've underperformed in every game since. They beat That's what I'm saying. by the skin of their teeth against Andy Dalton. Did they come back to beat the Detroit Lions, who we've seen has the worst defense in the league? They just they haven't looked themselves, but I, I, people are saying, hey, it's the Bears, and they're at home. This is a get right spot for them. Um, maybe I don't know. I have trouble. I have trouble trusting this uh, this Vikings team right now. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, don't take that but... as I'm putting my faith in the Bears either. I don't have faith in the Bears. I guess is more of my take. They had the a historically low quarterback passing yards under. I think the lowest of all time with Justin Fields at like 150 or something. Was his he total. hit that? He hit <laughs> I know, it. he had like 170 yards. 170 <laughs> yards on 11 completions. The Bears are just not good. They're somehow winning games. He's averaging like 16 attempts per game. It's disgusting. <laughs> They're like Navy out here running the triple option almost. Like that's how many times they're throwing the ball. We'll see. Again, it's really important to see how these things change. And one point that I do want to make is like a lot of sharp bettors, the people putting lots of money, will bet either at open or at close. So these sharp trends, while they aren't closing and aren't final, are indicative of where people are putting their money or where the good bettors are putting their money. And they are something that we should take into account. All my trends do reference the closing lines, where things close at. It's important to understand opening percentages do matter. Yeah, that, that and that highlights the purpose of why I started that early bets article was to try to ride with some of those guys or or jump in on early value and stuff. So apologies, those have been coming out late as basketball season has begun to start from a content standpoint for me. Yeah, exactly. Another shout out to happyhoursports.net where we get all our articles and have a lot of information for you guys, so we appreciate you guys listening to us, but we also do write articles, and if you're more into that, check us out there. Subscribe, follow us on everything, follow us on Twitter. We're excited to to have this podcast and have this this brand. We're excited to grow, so thanks for, thanks for listening. It's a nice happy hour read, and as we've discovered from viewing analytics, uh, some people find it to be a nice toilet read, too, so <laughs> read it whenever you digest your content. Yeah. All right. So that's a lot of the week five games that I'm looking at right now. Again, things will change as we've been saying, but, and we can go through every game if that's kind of what you guys are looking for. I'm more than happy to to take your guys' constructive criticism and do it. Oh, you guys would like, if you'd like just to hit every game, hit every game from the previous week, or just kind of talk about what we think is important when we're looking at the slate. So open to everything there, kind of leaning into what we've been doing in the previous weeks is talking about bad beats. I didn't really have many bad beats this week because of, I don't know, just things didn't really go my way. I didn't really pick games that well. The Vikings was not a great hit since I had minus three and a half and they hit it three points, but it really didn't look like it was going to hit all game. So I'm not really considering it a bad beat. Um, I don't think any of us really had that many bad beats this week. So it's a good intro for us looking for your guys' input on bad beats. Please tweet, tweet at us, look at our Happy Hour Sports subreddit anywhere tell us your bad beats we want to hear from you lose like lose with you feel your pain with you because that is what betting is about and winning together and losing together so we're not going to win every time bad beats happen literally every week and we'll continue this trend going on you know bringing up bad beats and talking about them but we had a lot of information to get through today and trends and a lot of exciting stuff to talk about so i figure this for this episode we're just going to let it go I'll talk about the bad beats. And laugh with you. Don't forget laugh with you. Because you have yeah, to laugh at your bad beats. Otherwise, they just hurt. So. It is, yeah. It's it's pain, but we, <laughs> you want to keep betting anyway, so you might as well just laugh, about, laugh at it. <laughs> yep. It, it will be laughing with you because it's a bad beat because it was really damn close. So 
If it's egregiously bad, we don't want to hear it because then we will laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, we're all degenerates here. Losing is part of it. So, but yeah, I want to thank you guys again for hanging out with us on Sharp in the Public. I hope you guys learned something today. You guys, I can promise you every week you're going to learn something new. This is information you won't find anywhere. And Happy Hour Sports is the place to be. We're starting to get a lot of feedback on the podcast, and I really, really appreciate you guys reaching out to me, uh, following us on Twitter, telling me that you like my stuff on Reddit. I post there weekly, or I post there basically before every game, trying to get get everyone information on trends and stuff. So I'm going to continue to do that, continue to push that stuff out because I love it. I know the the boys here love it, and it sounds like you guys love it too. So thank you so much. We're going to continue to to work at this and be as good as we can. And with that, the boys bet better with beer. The boy, Andy. Fit that slogan in. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. A lot of work goes into these episodes, but thankfully we love that work. It would mean a lot if you could follow, rate, and most importantly, share the podcast. Share it with at least one or two people who you think would benefit from this information. Maybe it's your buddy who sucks at betting the NFL or someone who just started out. Remember, we are just starting out as podcasts as well and want to grow our community. We post weekly on Fridays and always come packed with information that you won't want to miss. So yeah, thanks again. We'll see you in the next one.